Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 107 in Edmonton. Hour number two of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Oilers Now is brought to you by... Our title sponsor, Digitex, trusted by 630 Ched. Visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies, printers, and more at digitex.ca. And, hey, we just re-upped Digitex for another two-year commitment. So, uh, Hugh, we fooled you again. This is Oilers Now. You can text us at 630-630. I will get to some texts coming up. Uh, we've got a couple guests this hour, including Chris Mason, who's a television analyst, a former NHL goaltender for the National Predators broadcast. And uh, we'll also get to Brad Lauer, the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Elliot Friedman joined us in the first hour. We also heard some comments from Edmonton Oilers owner Daryl Cates, along with... Uh, Todd McClellan with a pretty interesting comment. The Oilers are where they are. They're 3-2. and two. It hasn't been pretty. They haven't had a complete game yet. Tomorrow, they play a team that has owned them over the last four years. Peter Laviolette, as head coach of the Nashville Predators, has never lost to Edmonton. Uh, the Preds were the team I picked to win the Stanley Cup, which... Worked for Los Angeles, but not for Nashville. Um, they got, I'd say, upset by Winnipeg. They're still an excellent hockey club with as, as good a top four as there is in the NHL. Chris Mason joins us right now on River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for uh, having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, this game between, and I know you're in Calgary getting ready for uh, the first of uh, back-to-backs in Alberta here. Uh, this game tomorrow between Edmonton and Nashville, I, 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 it probably won't be the most watched sporting event in the state of Tennessee tomorrow because you know what's taking, on, taking place down at that Tennessee campus? Yeah, they got a they got a pretty big football game, but I don't know if uh, if people will be tuning in for the entirety of that game. It might be over in the in the first quarter. So. The number one ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. That's the CBS game of the week at one thirty, and that's a big deal down in the states right now. Uh, all right, so you know what you know this, Chris, because uh, uh, you know full disclosure. I, I'm just trying to recall: Were you born in Red Deer and then played in Prince George, or where are you? From? I know you're from Western Canada. Yeah. Yeah, born in Red yeah, Deer. Born and raised Red Deer, yeah. Hey, uh, we just did the uh, Grant Fear event the other night when we opened up Studio 99, and I'm just wondering, who were uh, your goaltending idols when you grew up as a kid? Well, it, it's, it's funny when uh, my dad lived, uh, spent some time in Calgary, so he was a Flames fan, so I inherited uh, that as my team um, of choice when I was a young young kid, but um, my favorite goaltender growing up was Andy Moog. Um, I I was, I'd played out till I was about 11 years old, and then I, I went to Penticton Hockey School where Andy Moog uh, was the headliner there. And uh, ever since then, I, I just, uh, you know, fell in love with, with him and goalies and all that kind of stuff. So he was my guy, but I, I those were, I loved Grand Fear, and I want to see... Uh, see that movie too it looks looks awesome and it must be quite a story but those those guys were my idols big mike vernon fan i liked uh i liked all goalies but uh, andy Moke was my guy guys were a little smaller back then mind you uh the preds got one of their two goaltenders uh uc saros is not the biggest of guys uh, chris mason joining us right now um when i went to okanagan hockey school the headliner was bob mcgill and he nicknamed me spliff oh. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why. Uh, and Larry Lund and uh, yeah. McGill was showing guys how to do hip checks, and I was like 15. I'm like, I'm not gonna let him pace me to the boards. I remember I turned back into him and knocked him on his butt. He was like, he was just established, sort of as the Leafs' young, tough, upcoming defenseman. And uh, needless to say, I got drilled a little bit later on after that. Learned yeah. to learn <laughs> yeah, back, right? right? Like I, a number. He, yeah, he taught me a lesson a little bit later on. All right. Right, so you're with this Preds team. Uh, I thought they were going to win the cup last year, and you know Winnipeg. That was a man. That was you know old school SEC football, big boy football. That was big boy hockey between Winnipeg and Nashville. It was close. What do you think ultimately the difference in that series was for the Preds? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. A, it was a great series, but it was. I, I just think they. You know, they fought all year to get home ice. For that reason, to you know, when you get up playing against a team like Winnipeg, you know that's got to be the difference in the series, and, and it wasn't. And that was to me the biggest thing in that series was they were unable to get it done at home. And uh, you know, a lot of the the winning of a Stanley Cup and all that kind of stuff is so much of its timing. I felt at the end of the last season, uh, they pretty much wrapped up. You know, obviously the playoff spot, and they just had to win a couple games to get in. Uh, to get the president's trophy, and once that was done, you're not. They were just kind of coasting to the finish line, I think, and they weren't playing their best hockey of the year, and it carried over. And they, uh, you know, the Avalanche gave them a series. They they were a handful, and it was they were good enough to to knock them off playing like that. But that carried over uh, to the Winnipeg series. They had, had some great games in Winnipeg, but it was just really inconsistent, up and down. And I guess Winnipeg could say the same thing. But at the end of the day. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna beat a team like Winnipeg, you, you have to have a consistent a consistent game, and especially at home. And, and the Preds didn't have that ultimately. The way David Poyle, Chris, worked himself into that three way deal with Colorado and got Kyle Turris out of there and got Ottawa to give up, you know, the number one to get to Shane. And I just I look at Turris in particular because I, I looked at the strength that the Preds had down the middle, and. I kind of thought, and I don't mean to pick on one guy here, but he didn't score a goal last year in the playoffs, and he was pretty good early when he first went to Nashville, tailed a bit off, and I think they were probably hoping for, again, not to, because it was a team thing, but is it fair to say they were looking for a little bit more juice out of him down the middle? Yeah, no, no question, and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's owned that as well, and I think that, that whole line had been, uh, you know, one of the, the Preds, uh, Predators' biggest strengths is their, their depth contributions they get that scoring up and down the lineup and uh you know it's 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 a lot easier to try to shut down one line uh but if you you know if you have two or three lines that create matchup problems like i I believe the the predators have it it becomes more difficult but you you do need those contributions from that line in order to create those uh you know those matchup nightmares and and to win games uh because the team's opposition primary focus is going to be on that Johansson, Forsberg, and Arvidsson line. So that's, uh, you know, mission number one. So you need, you know, that second line to, to contribute, and, and they just uh, they just had a tough playoffs. Is there a better top four in the NHL than what the Preds have on defense? I, I, I honestly, I, I know, and I don't, I don't think there's, there's some teams that have, uh, maybe you could argue San Jose is, is in the conversation with, obviously, the elite, couple elite guys, but I think one to four. I, I don't even think it's uh, it's close. Uh, they're they're so good, at, and 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 not only offensively, they they, they contribute offensively, but defensively, uh, they're just they're top guys in the game. So 
um, it, they're tough to play against. And I think this is the way the NHL is going now. What they want, it's a five-man attack offensively, you know, five men coming back and playing defense. And I think the Predators have a good thing going on. Uh, you know, the forwards are well aware. Every chance that the D get, they're going to be jumping into play so they can cover back for them. And they've got a really good, uh, really good systematic thing going on where you don't see too many breakdowns, uh, you know, of guys taking unnecessary risks. You know, it's usually uh, the guy's pretty disciplined in, in covering up for them. But they're just so dynamic, and they're all different. They're all different in their own ways. And, but but the, the biggest thing for them is they're both, or all four of those guys are strong at both ends. We're joined right now by uh, Predators broadcast analyst Chris Mason, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Ian Herbers, who you know, spent uh, a couple seasons uh, working first with Kirk Muller and then coaching the Preds farm team. He's now back at the University of Alberta uh, after spending the last three years with the Oilers. He, he, Ian has always told me, Bob, you know, they got Subban and Yossi's really good. Matthias Eckholm, he says that's the guy. And, and everybody else focused. I mean, Subban's such an electrifying personality on and off the ice. So maybe you could just speak a bit to Ekholm and and sort of what he provides because you said they all do it a little bit differently. Yeah, I, he's I, I call him the big Swedish redwood. He is he's a he's, he doesn't have a lot of flash, but he, he skates very well for a big man. He's he's a really uh, flies under the radar. Uh, in the speed department, you know, that's not probably something, that, the first thing that you'd say about Matthias Ekholm, but he, he's such an intelligent player. Uh, he really, really picks his spots well when he jumps into the play, and, and usually it, it's a very calculated risk, and he's had a lot of success. He's Obviously, he's leading that decor. It's early in the season, but every year he seems to get better, and just his ability to take pucks down the wall, he'll jump in, he can protect the puck really well and, and get plays to the net and get back. You know, he, he's, he's got that ability to skate and get back once he, he takes that rush. And uh, and defensively, he's the guy. He's out against the top lines all the time. We don't have a, a big defense, per se. So he gets tasked with, the, you know, the heavyweights when you're playing against uh, Winnipeg and you got Wheeler and Shifley and Line and all those kind of guys. He gets those assignments and he thrives on it. And, and you need that. You know, the NHL is getting stronger. And but when you do play those teams that maybe create a little bit of a mismatch size wise, it's uh, it's that's that's at home's wheelhouse. And uh, he's not a he's not a dirty player, but he is strong and he is so effective. And it's just I think it's the lack of flash, or maybe you have three other guys that are very flashy in their own way and uh, that get a lot of the accolades. But he's he's right in there, and he's he really rounds out that top four. Pekka Rene is going to get the start at tonight, uh, Chris, in Calgary, uh, so I think it's safe to assume that UC Saros will start tomorrow in Edmonton. Just a comment, if you could. I mean, you're a former NHL goaltender yourself. You weren't the biggest guy, so do you have an appreciation for maybe the unique, I mean, the contrast between the two guys height-wise, but maybe how Saros plays uh, the game in today's NHL as a five foot eleven goaltender? Oh, man, I'll tell you something about UC Saros, and, uh, you know, I may have a bias, because obviously I, I work for the Predators and I, I get to see him every game, but he's, he's seriously one of the most talented, skilled goaltenders I've ever seen. I remember seeing him at camp and I was blown away by his skill set. He's just got elite abilities and his ability to read plays, not only read the play, but react in an instant. He's a small guy, like you said, but he's so efficient in his crease. There's no extra movement. I remember his first year um, as a smaller guy. He got off to a great start in the second half of that year. Guys started 
uh, you'll find in that, that little short side spot up and over, uh, chipping it up over because there's a little extra space on him. And uh, and last year he, he made the adjustments. That's what we have to do in the NHL. And he's one of the he's one of the top guys uh, for goals against in the top part of the net. So he's a very elite talent, and that's exactly why he can play at the level he does uh, at his size. And and they they strongly believe that that he is the next heir apparent, I guess, if you will, for the Nashville Predators. And he's going to get a lot more games this year. The uh, Predators stole Philippe Forsberg from the Washington Capitals. That's part of the reason why George McPhee is the general manager now of the Vegas Golden Knights. And going back to that uh, 2012 NHL draft, Forsberg was the guy that fell because when we were hosting Oilers Now at that time, of course, Edmonton ended up winning the lottery in a year that maybe you didn't want to win the lottery in. Uh, Neil Yakupov went number one. You know, there was those defense. I mean, look at Ryan. The, the two top defensemen really have not established them. Ryan Murray's a third-pairing guy in the NHL for Columbus. Griffin Reinhardt who the Oilers gave up two picks to acquire, uh, is currently playing his trade in the American Hockey League. I guess you could argue Morgan Riley and uh, Hampus Lindholm at 5-6 and six are pretty good. But Forsberg might be the best guy out of that first round. He's already had a couple first 30-goal uh, seasons. Is he, I mean, he's a first-liner and a real good team in Nashville, but are we talking about a guy that is an all-star caliber winger, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I think uh, he had a little bit of health uh, injury last year. Uh, suspension, so he had, he had a little bit of a low, but I, I think this kid, this guy's only going to get better. I think he's uh, he's an eventual forty goal scorer, and I think he's, he's going to be a point of guy game. He's uh, he's he's very creative. He, you know, I'm sure you've seen some of the highlight reels, and we see them every night and almost every game now. But he, he's one of those guys that um, you know might not be in the conversations with uh, Matthews and the McDavid's and the Pasternak's and all that on all those type of guys. But I think he's on his way. Uh, to that uh, to that level, he is such a talented guy, and some of the things that you know he thinks of doing and is able to execute in the games is, is just amazing. But I, I think that he uh, is just on the on the brink of of superstardom. Going to throw a bit of a curveball at you here, Chris, just to wrap up. Uh, as you know, uh, there is a strong Indigenous uh, community uh, in Canada, uh, one that uh, is being treated with far more dignity and respect, maybe than historically uh, occurred in this country. And tomorrow there's going to be recognition in Edmonton for Jordan Tutu. He is a former teammate of yours. Um, he's uh, gone through a lot in his life, including dealing with uh, personal tragedy. But just a thought on uh, how cool that's going to be to be a part of tomorrow night at Rogers Place in Edmonton. Oh, man. I, uh, you know, I have the utmost respect for, for Jordan Tutu. And like you said, he has been through a lot. And uh, I played with him for... A few years in Nashville, he's got uh, just the biggest heart. And, you know, even while he was going through that and, and he was obviously, uh, you know, thrown upon him with being this ambassador that's, you know, not always easy uh, to do, especially when you're dealing with your own, you know, inner turmoil and things in your life. But he, he has really evolved into such a great guy and a great role model uh, you know, for the young kids in that community. And I just, I, I just, I'm so proud of them, first and foremost. And, and I think it's really cool uh, that the Oilers are going to recognize that. And it's so important, especially in Canada. Um, you know, I have some uh, Indigenous people in our family, too. And just when you have somebody to look up to that's been through what he's done and that's, that's able to succeed and make it 
it just gives hope to so many people, and I'm just, uh, I couldn't be prouder of what Gordon's doing now. Yeah, Chris, uh, the Oilers have a defense prospect, you know, of uh, Ethan Bear, and my prediction is he will be up here sometime by November, and it wouldn't surprise me if he's here the rest of the year. He's a skilled right shot defenseman. He's not overly big. He's really smart, and uh, he can process the game, and the Oilers need more players like that moving forward. That's part of the reason why Evan Bouchard is here uh, is is because he can think the game, and so uh, I can tell you for, for the Oilers fan base, uh, they, they really like Ethan Barron. That's something to watch moving forward, so good stuff. Hey, we'll see you down here tomorrow night. I'll be... Uh, I'll be watching the Calgary feed, but have a great broadcast tonight. And, awesome. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yeah, you bet. That is Chris Mason. He's a National Predators television broadcaster. We'll take a quick time out. It's 123 in Edmonton, and this is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 126 in Edmonton. Let's get to it. Some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, Downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Escott. This text comes in. Oh, wow, that didn't sound too good, but uh, that was me. That was on me. Sorry, man. Uh, Bob uh, from Brad in St. Albert. The Oilers' defense will be fine with yawning, uh, running things. He did a masterful job in Anaheim. Kevin Gravel at six foot four is an upgrade. Physical and makes simple outlet passes. My thought up front is simple. Compose uh, speed with seed, so McDavid isn't always looking back. He needs another wild horse, a Hoffman, a Haglin, a Helm, or a Larkin come to mind from Brad and St. Albert. I wonder if they could get help. That might be a guy that might make sense, because he can really skate, and it's obvious Detroit's going down a certain path. As for Gravel, again, uh, back to what I said at, uh, I don't know, 12.15 today, logic dictates, uh, given the fact that Matt Benning is out for tomorrow, that the Oilers will uh, be bringing up a defenseman. Um, I think it'll be a left shot, uh, and Gravel, I'm told, has done an excellent job killing penalties already down in the American Hockey League. The Oilers pushed him through early into waivers so he would clear. And I, I know, talking to Jack Michaels about this, we both thought that he'd be up very quickly. And so we'll see. And usually what happens to maximize things from a cap perspective is these call-ups don't occur until later in the afternoon. Uh, I think it's 5 o'clock Eastern is uh, the cutoff time. So 127 in Edmonton. We'll, uh, ah, i got time for a couple more texts. What the heck? Uh, there's lots coming in here. This text out of Fort McMurray, Alberta. Bob just finished Jordan Tutu's book not long ago. Great book. Worth checking it out at the local library. Out of Camrose, Bob, the Sharks defense with Carlson, Burns, Vlasic are better than the Preds four guys, in my opinion. Sorry, I disagree. Uh, I, I do. I mean, Vlasic's a terrific defender, but I think that the guys in Nashville defend better than the guys in San Jose. Doesn't mean I'm right, just one uh, one guy's opinion. Bob, love the uh, Depeche Mode. I'm buying tickets to it tomorrow night. Well, that's great. Folks, River Cree would be uh, very uh, happy with that. Our friend Topher out of Red Deer. Connor, 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 Connor. Hey, what should we talk about Monday? Wonder what we'll talk about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Maybe let's change the name of the show to Obsession with McDavid now instead of Oilers now. Oh, Topher, you're such a negative guy. Did you see the play that he made on the game-winning goal last night? The four-point performance. He's got 11 points in five games. The Oilers are three and two. The show is called Oilers now. We talk about a lot of different Oilers players. But they got this guy, and he's the guy. 
You can text us at 630-630 off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.